Hello and welcome to Clean Beauty Asia's podcast. I'm your host, Ali Rook. This interview series is a collection of conversations with people who operate, support, and facilitate beauty brands doing business in Asia. My aim is to provide valuable insights and information to make your beauty brand's transition into Asia as smooth and successful as possible. This first series is dedicated to cross-border e-commerce in China, and I really hope you find it valuable. Thank you so much for listening. Today, I have Johannes Walsh, who is the co-founder of Sober Beauty. Sober Beauty is one of China's very first clean makeup brands. Him and his partner, Valentin, have backgrounds in management consultancy and beauty, and they've used these backgrounds to bring this brand to life. The philosophy of the brand is clean, effortless, and mindful. And I'm really looking forward to discussing sober beauty and clean beauty trends in China. Thank you so much for joining me, Johannes. Hi, Ali. Great talking to you. Thank you for having me. No worries. So let's start with Sober Beauty. Like Sober Beauty is a bit of a pioneer in the China clean beauty space, especially as a Chinese clean beauty brand. So what made you decide to launch a makeup brand in clean beauty? So uh, we launched Sober Beauty. Uh, we started working on it at the end of 2019. And then we launched the first product in the summer of 2020. And I launched this brand together with my partner, Valentin. She has a lot of experience previously in L'Oreal and Estee Lauder, mainly in product development. And back then in 2019, um, we, and especially her, she was a big fan of clean beauty. But in China, it was just very difficult to find clean beauty products. And the foreign um, clean beauty brands that you could find, this was mainly through um, cross-border e-commerce and they were, so they were quite expensive and also not always available. Um, so we thought together, why not uh, found, uh, found a local clean beauty brand? And especially in the makeup category, because in the makeup category, there was not a single local mm. clean beauty brand. So we were the first ones. And um, why we did it is because we believe in clean beauty. We believe in the value and ethos behind it, um, not only in the ingredients, but also being environmentally friendly and being cruelty free and empowering the individual, everything that clean beauty stands for. Mm -hmm. But of course, we also saw this as a great advantage uh, in China to differentiate ourselves. Yeah because China is a hyper-competitive market, especially when it comes to cosmetics and when it comes to makeup. Mm. And we thought this was a great niche that's also very um, suitable for, for Chinese consumers. And we really, we believe that we can also, that clean beauty niche, we get, uh, we get a followership in China, just like it did in, the, uh, in Europe and in the US. So mm. that's, that's why we started. Yeah, no, it's such an interesting journey, and and you know, it's a tough job being a pioneer in a um, in a new category. Um, and I think even for established 
international brands coming in that were clean, it's been a it's been a tough road. So over the last few years, because the China market hasn't been as established, and as we said, you know, people are still learning about clean beauty and what it is. So you're doing a really important job for yourselves, but also for for other brands coming in because you're helping to educate and you're on the ground in China. So. Um, you know, I know that you go to a lot of events, you talk to people, so you're, you're obviously seeing what's happening with clean beauty in China. So how do you feel it is going? Do you, do you feel like it's really changing and rising up or, you know, what's your take on it at the moment? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think this, uh, this is definitely a trend that's gaining momentum right now. Um, of course, like at the beginning of every trend, uh, it requires a little bit of patience and things <laughs> move along a little bit slowly initially, but mm. before they really pick up. Mm. Um, but I think we're now at the stage where we're about to see really a, a, a much more growing interest in this area. Mm. And I give you an example of uh, mm. last weekend, uh, during the long weekend, we participated in a in an offline event. And this was a kind of like a designer, um, a lifestyle product fair mm -hmm. um, with about a hundred different brands ranging from uh, food to jewelry, fashion, cosmetics, um, and, and so on. And it was in terms of the kind of people that were there it was kind of like walking through real life Xiaohongshu. <laughs> There were so many influencer and the influence there. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, and we got to talk to a lot of them and we got mm. really great response. Mm -hmm. um, but what was really striking to me was that this time around, um, when, because usually at these events, I explain uh, what is clean beauty and why people should be interested in clean beauty and what's different about it. And this time I already, a lot of people already knew about clean beauty. I would say about 20% of the people we spoke to already at least had heard the term before, either mm. in clean beauty or in Chinese, Chunjing, Zeitraum. Mm. And um, some of them that I talked to a little bit in more detail also had a good idea. And not only from abroad, um, also people who, uh, got to know clean beauty in China. So I think we definitely see some, uh, some more momentum right now. Yeah, that, I mean, that's such a good, you know, obviously it's anecdotal, but it's so good to hear that people are starting to understand a little bit more about what it is. And, you know, when you talk to people about it, are, are there specific aspects of it that people are more interested in? So are people talking about the sustainability aspect or is it really about the ingredients or is there any sort of feel around that? So this uh, this example from last weekend is of course not uh, very representative of the <laughs> overall population. Um, I would say these are more like the first <laughs> movers that, yeah. that are there but it can mm. give, some, give us some indication. Mm. And um, I do think that's a good point you're raising there. Um, Right now, I think the main area of focus for them is really around the ingredients and they're more around the product safety yep. and how it can prevent, um, also how it can prevent skin irritations. Mm. Like that. So it's not so much about the 
you know, for example, vegan aspect or yeah. food aspect of it. And I'm not saying that this will not come eventually, but uh, at the moment it's more about the ingredients. And I think one example is also in China, um, there's always a big topic about what pregnant women can use yeah. and not use. And mm. so what we get a lot as a clean beauty brand is that um, can pregnant women use it or not? Is it safe for pregnant women? Mm. So that's one of the big questions that's yeah that is a big that is a that i mean that's often a way that people come into clean beauty even in the west but less so i in china so from my research when you're looking at clean beauty and you're looking at certain brands the number of people that are asking on xiaohongshu underneath you know can i can i use it if i'm pregnant can i use it if i'm pregnant and i think the the point you make about um irritation is an interesting one because um, obviously, clean beauty doesn't necessarily mean low irritation or good for sensitive yeah. skin, right? Because especially from a, um, a skincare perspective, because of essential oils, a lot of natural ingredients will irritate the skin. So that's yeah. also an um, education process. With yeah. Sober Beauty, with your products, are they designed to be low irritation or not specifically? Yes, we also, we, we take care of that. So we, mm. we are, this is one aspect we focus on also because this is so important for the Chinese consumer. So when yeah. we research the ingredients for our products and especially around essential oils, we try to avoid the ones that are um, known to cause uh, irritations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's an interesting something that some brands coming, some Western brands coming into China struggle with that a little bit because people assume clean beauty means good for sensitive skin which it's yeah definitely not always the case yeah yeah it's funny at this stage of the um uh, of the trend people often uh, project a lot of things onto clean beauty that clean beauty may not be about mm. um, yeah i mean that's the, that's the problem globally right there's no definition there's no agreed definition of what clean beauty is. So everyone puts onto it what that what they want. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. now come with, we, we, we try to make it more succinct about our mm -hmm. definition of clean beauty. So it's easy to explain. So what we, um, how we define clean beauty is it's uh, no harmful ingredients. It's environmentally friendly and it's cruelty free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keeping it simple. Yeah, I yeah, know that's yeah. good. It, especially if you have to explain to 80% of the people you meet what it is. <laughs> you want to keep it simple. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, how do you think the clean beauty movement in China is different from in the West, from your experience, obviously, of both cultures? What, how do you think it's sort of different? Um, so, unfortunately, I haven't been in the, in the West for quite a long time now because of COVID. So I don't, uh, I'm not so aware of all the trends sure. there. Maybe you can tell me a little bit more. But yeah. what, what I can tell you here is that often I get the impression that in the West, uh, it's a little bit uh, ideologically tinged. So it's a yep. bit about, you know, vegan and especially the, the aspect about being vegan and being mm -hmm. cruelty free and mm -hmm. also some around the environmentally friendly mm -hmm. part is mm -hmm. uh, seems a little bit more ideological while in, in China it seems more pragmatic yeah. as I said if people have very concrete questions like can I use it if I'm pregnant yeah. um, will it irritate my skin is mm -hmm. it safe for me to use and so I think that's one of the 
uh, main differences. But mm. of course, at this stage of the trend, it's still quite hard to tell. Yeah, no, but I think that that is in definitely in line with what I've seen, I think. And, and also from a cultural perspective, that's quite, um, you know, that's not just beauty. That, that's generally, when you look culturally, pragmatism is something that the Chinese are very, um, very good at. And also it's, it's um, how it affects me and that personal, um, yeah. that real personal uh, aspect and the broader the broader sense of society is it's a very very different and very complicated obviously we won't go into all of that today in terms of the cultural yeah. aspects of it but i i do agree i think whilst i see sustainability becoming more important in china overall i think when it comes to beauty um efficacy um is is something that brands are need to prove so you, yeah. you know something that i always say to brands is you know, you're using all these beautiful botanical ingredients, but why? Like, what yeah. is that ingredient going to do for that person's skin? How is that going? Like, you always have to link it very um, specifically, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially there's this movement in China, they call themselves the Chang Fan Dan, like the, the ingredients party. Yeah. The ingredients obsess people, and they know a lot about every mm. ingredient, right? Mm. And, um, yeah, I think these are also the, the consumers that are interested in clean beauty. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so from, from sober beauty's aspect, what, um, you know, what advice maybe do you have for clean brands coming into China? You're obviously on the ground meeting people all the time. It's great news to see that there's momentum, but it's still niche. So yeah. is there something you can think of that brands should consider? Um, yeah, I think uh, touching on the subject of the informed consumer, I think it's very important in China when you engage with consumers to talk to them on the, sa on the same level and don't talk down to them, but uh, keep engaging with them and definitely don't try to hide anything from them mm -hmm. because um, they, they will find out. <laughs> um, Dangerous. <laughs> Yes, it's dangerous. Uh, and um, I think one very concrete advice would be don't charge a lot more than you do in your home country, because that's something that Chinese computer consumers are really allergic to right now. Mm, mm, yeah, that's very good advice. I think a lot of brands do think they can get away with charging a, a significant premium on their products. And I, I think much more than Western consumers, Chinese consumers know how much products cost in different markets. They have, you know, they have a, there are comparison sites that will tell you, right? Like it's all there. Yeah, absolutely. And more in general, I think when you enter China uh, right now, of course, you need a lot of money, but you also need a lot of patience. Mm. And, um, mm. You need a lot of money because first of all, the, the ecosystem is completely different. You need to basically redo uh, a lot of things, starting from your uh, marketing, social media, through your channels, um, that's all different and all requires um, a lot of attention and a lot of investment. And then patience, because I think that the time of the gold rush where you could just launch your foreign mm -hmm. brand in China and it would sell automatically, that's definitely over. Mm. Um, 
but that's not to say that it's not uh, it's not a good idea anymore. If you have a good concept, the price is still really uh, um, really worth it in, mm. in China. Mm. And so, but I think it it definitely if you do enter China, it needs a lot of management attention too, um, especially with the selection of the partners that you may mm. work together with uh, over here. Um, because there are a lot of partners here um, that I've experienced that overpromise and underdeliver. So it makes a lot of sense to invest a lot of time upfront to select very carefully who you work with. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And on Sober Beauty, what are your best-selling products? What are the products that... Um, you know, the customers most attracted to? Yeah, so let me just introduce a little bit our product range. So yeah. right now we have three main products and two accessories. I, I brought the main products here. So we have this one is our luminizer. luminizer. Um, so this is for cheeks and eye. We have this in four, in four different shades. Mm. The best selling shade right now, it's a ruby. So it's a rouge. It's a lovely product, actually. I, you kindly sent me some, and I, I really, I really like it. It's a good, great texture. Thank you, thank you. And then we also have, um, we have a cleansing balm. Okay, yeah. Um, that's actually more, more skincare than makeup. Mm -hmm. um, this one uh, is it has its followership. Is people who use it. We have a lot of loyalty around this product, but it's not a trendy product. No, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, third one that we launched recently, this is our best-selling product right now, is our lipstick. Mm -hmm. um, this is our natural essential lipstick, and it's it's it is our most ambitious clean beauty project yet. It has um, ninety percent natural ingredients um, and uh, ten percent color. It's all all the colors are EWG green ones. And it is a really, it's a really beautiful product with a like a sheer matte finish, and mm -hmm. it's buildable, so you can use uh, 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 one or two layers or multiple layers depending on the pigmentation you would like. Mm -hmm. uh, and this one is is really popular, is really popular. Nice. And most many people who buy one color then also come back and buy another one or buy a third one. Yeah, that's good. Um, so. Yeah, and in general, our, all of the, uh, the products we have, what we're trying to go for is the, what we call the sober look, which is a natural, subtle look mm -hmm. uh, that's more mm -hmm. like enhancing your natural beauty. Um, mm. And uh, yeah. Great, really good. Well, it's, I'm glad to hear that the new product's doing so well. And um, thank you so much. Johannes for talking to me today and giving brands that are listening to this a bit of an insight into real on the ground clean beauty movement in China. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Ali. And I'll put your details below for people that want to get in touch and, and um, so, so they can reach out too. So thanks again. Great, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Clean Beauty Asia, the podcast with me, Ali Rook. I hope you found the content useful with tips and tricks and takeaways that can really help you move your China journey forward. 
I always like to hear from my listeners. So please join me on LinkedIn, Ali Rook, or Instagram, Clean Beauty Asia. And I'll be very happy to talk to you more. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.